Collective Potential is a podcast that is for real people having real conversations. Um, now, they're one of my favourite things at the moment. We have people who turn up to Collective Potential workshops and they're telling me, I love your podcasts. They're so raw. And I find that so interesting that they are using our language and every person that writes a review or who's listening to this has their own interpretation of our podcasts. But I keep hearing the same thing. It is real and they love it. And tonight will be, or today will be, no exception. We have two beautiful souls coming in um, to speak with us, uh, Al Jeffrey and Xander Zanbrock. I hope I said that right. We're going to get to know them on a very deep level. And I have a feeling this is going to be a good one. Get ready. Oi, hello there. Hello. Feeling a bit lost, yep. little confused. Yeah. Well, we're all one. C -c Collective potential. If this is going to be what I think it is, and I really like the topic of conversation we were talking about, but it's going to go anywhere. Um, uh, Al was telling us that he feels like today's going to be a conversation about consciously relating to each other. Now, as soon as he said it, I was like, what does that mean? And mm. can we get into that? And we will. There's no doubt we're going to go through all that, right? Um, so welcome. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. But I was talking to um, one of our co-hosts, you know, Jeremy Kahn, but I was talking to Ryan Hyde. And Ryan the said to me, the other one, <laughs> well, you never know. People could be just joining us. Um, Ryan said to me, uh, who's a good friend of ours, Al has been in a polyamorous relationship. Do you mind if I go straight there? Go for it. And uh, I was like, what's that? Right. The bogan that I am. And, you know, it got to the point where he was explaining, you know, it's the practice or desire for an intimate relationship with one or more partners, but all partners know. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so <laughs> everyone's just keeping an open relationship. And he was like, no. And I was like, yes, it is. And I was so childish about it when I said it. Like, I really was. I was like, well, polyamory, you're just, you know, you're just dating someone and then you're dating someone else and you're all giving each other permission. Just call it a bloody open relationship. What's the difference? And then he was like, well, it's not like that. There's many different ways of looking at it. And I was like, yeah. okay. Um, and at the time, but Ryan really challenged me, didn't you? And it was... He said, well, you know, now Al's not no longer with the woman that was in the relationship. But now I think I was wrong here too. Yeah. I think ah. I was very, you made it sound, so this was a while ago, but it was just after you and Xander and Lily met. And I interpreted that Lily is another friend of yours. Yeah. yeah. Um, as they were like, all together. Yeah. Okay. Because you were talking about like going away and having this it was a metaphor for New Year's experience. <laughs> and for a good like two or three months, I thought that was a thing. Like even when oh, yeah, after yeah. you guys moved into our house and Lily came over, I was like, so what's happening? <laughs> but this is what I think we're going to talk about today. The, you know, like everything in my head has to be put in, <laughs> has to be put in a box. Like, yeah. hang on. So you two, you don't fit it. You know, this yeah. conversation about polyamory, there's a lot of people talking about it now. Mm -hmm. And I know that's not going to be the everything, but it's a very interesting topic to start on. Yeah. Because then you go into, well, now you're no longer with the female, but now you're together. But our, Who wasn't there? Who wasn't there in the first place, okay? So I'd make, get it? And so now you're together. Then so wait I was a minute, like, just, just to clarify, what is, what is the Lily part then? I don't, I'm confused. She's just a great friend of both of ours lovely, who lovely we yeah. went camping with over New Year's. Yeah. And um, had a great time, but um, oh, that no, just no. blows all my story out. <laughs> but you know, it was still this moment. I was like, "What is this thing about um, polyamory?" And I was so mm -hmm. s 
in my defense, you were talking about polyamory, and you're like, man, we had these like, like amazing sexual adventures. With and, Lily. and you're like, oh, well, naked <laughs> all the time in a van. I... <laughs> so this is, I know it's not that, anyway. Okay. Anyways. So... He wasn't telling me all of this, but I think that was enough in this conversation. If we're talking about conscious relating today, mm-hmm. it blew my mind when he said you were together with Xander. And I was like, but hang on. I didn't know that Al was gay. And he goes, he's not. Yeah. And I was like, what? Come on. <laughs> Boxes. Box. He has to fit uh, in a box. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, no, he's no longer fitting in a box. See what I did there? Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> anyway. Back box. <laughs> <laughs> I just got that. But this is what happens. Like even this giggle, like it's like even the the, the topic tonight, I was like thinking to myself, oh, we're going to talk about conscious relating. But actually... Underneath that is actually, I'm going to have to get out of the fact that this conversation we're about to have happened is not going to fit in what I perceive mm-hmm. a pe- people to be yeah, and what I've grown up thinking relationships are meant to be. And so, yeah, I'm curious for both of you, Xander or Al, yeah. what's your response to what I'm saying? And well, please, that's, gentlemen. That's been one of the greatest struggles in communicating it to people. My parents, firstly. <laughs> oh, big they, one. When I mentioned about us to them, firstly, they would say that, um, well, make sure that when you decide, you will let us know, right? Um, Like, well, I've kind of decided not to decide. I've decided not to put myself in a box. Um, And so anyway, we go on a conversation. And then at the end of the conversation, dad makes a big point of saying, thanks for sharing, Al. But when you decide, just make make sure you do let us know. All right. Um, So they just need to know. But there's so much around it because I, I need to know. It makes it hard for them to it communicate. People listening to this are going to need to know. What do you mean? But I think it's yeah. that's, I think it's fuck that off. I reckon it's just because we like this sense of attachment or we can understand things better. Mm. But I actually don't mind the space that you're in where it's just like, yeah. there, I could be there, I could be here, I could be where. Well, I, I, feel it, I could be anywhere. Yeah, it's liberating. <laughs> I feel like the only, um, uh, like I always say, a label without a timestamp is very uh, constraining. Like to say that I am gay and then no, putting no time around it just means infinity. So you feel so constrained. But to say that I am with Xander now. Cool. Next month, who knows? Obviously, <gasps> <is> Xander. <laughs> obviously, I'd love to still be with Xander. But who knows? But of course. So even, yeah. why would I oh, box this that This is in? awesome. This is awesome. It's such a good start. Yeah, it's and great. with polygamy for us, that's that was a big thing that we talked about when we were first getting to know each other is exploring yeah. like because we'd both. Um, kind of explored it in our lives in terms of understanding what it is, what it means. Can you just set the scene for me? What do you mean you're exploring it in your lives? Like how long ago? Th- when did this start? Well, I'm for me, it was more conceptually rather than actually like actively out in the world. Okay. Yeah, so I was excited by the idea of this new way of relating with many people. Um, but, I mean, that was around December that we met. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last year. Yeah. And... Um, so when we began to be in a relationship, this idea of possibly being polygamous one day, but together, um, was a way for us to kind of explore values of non-attachment, but nourishing our relationship together as well at the same time. And yeah. it's been kind of an interesting driving force, whether we will actually end up polygamous or not. We, yeah. we don't know, but it's... Like this- to go in believing that we're monogamous from the get-go would have been very... We would have felt like we're almost locked in. Yeah, with each other before we really get to know the depths of each other and ourselves through each other. But to have, um, yes, we're in a relationship, you could say monogamously, 
but with a polyamorous philosophy around it, or just at least with mm. an openness around it. Maybe don't call it polyamory, just call it an openness to other possibilities. Mm. The maybe, idea. maybe that helps me. Like, Polly's a label. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah that's that's I think that's what I started doing. Bullshit. Now this is a label. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But this is great uh, though. But I, it makes it hard. Like I went to the, we got back from India and we went to the doctor and we, um, for the first time, went to the same doctor that Xander goes to. And very, um, very, um, what would you say, naturopath? Yeah. N- yeah. Naturopathic. So the most thorough kind of consultation that I've ever had from a doctor asked me about my parents, the lineage, this, that, the other. Cool. And then he asked me, so are you straight? Are you gay? Are you bi? And I said, well, um, at the moment, I'm in relationship with Xander. It's like, so are you straight, you're gay, or you're bi? Well, at the moment, okay, I suppose you just put gay for now then, but be pre- it may change. Be prepared. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> for now, though, tick that box. Um, but to fit into the system and to talk um, in a way that makes other people comfortable, I suppose, then you kind of have to label it, mm. unfortunately. It mm. helps us navigate, like tick the boxes in our head that then allow us to navigate our thoughts and, and conversations. Yeah. But then it constricts us at a point where we can't move beyond what we already are now. Yeah. And think yeah. about how many people out there, like, I, I've had so many friends who have come out to me. I grew up in a youth organization. So there was always this, you know, coming of age and stepping into your sexuality too, and Mm -hmm. owning all facets of it or being freaked out by it, depends which way you're going. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, they would get so scared about, um, and at the time I was, you know, in my head, it was just, you were gay, heterosexual. And that was it. Like, I didn't even know about bisexual back then. And they'd come out, but so worried about what everyone was thinking about them, their dad. Mm-hmm. But it was a label yeah. to be able to go, I fit in this box, this box, and Ooh. I don't even know yet. Yeah. Would you, is there any, how would you assess or pose judgment on people that do go, yeah, I'm gay and I want to have attachment to that label because it makes me feel whatever, an identity or I, I don't know. Like, cause yeah. I don't, I don't go around saying I'm straight, but obviously yeah. people, because, and also because I've kissed loads of dudes and done all sorts of things. With them. So I, but so in, but right now I'm in a relationship with a girl. Yeah. So it's like, I, I've never, I've never championed any way my sexuality has tendency mm-hmm. towards um so what would you how sorry that's the question how would you comment on those that do yeah um i don't know i just ask if it's uh like i see a lot of correlation between openness and like with myself the way i approach it with my parents i said that in my career and every other facet of my life i've been pretty explorative pretty open as they know and so you can kind of expect that it's the same with sexuality. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of correlation. It's all patterns mm. and programs. So if mm. you're closed off in your sexuality, where else does that show up in your life? Mm. Are you closed off in creativity, having blockages in your career? You're having like It will show up. Mm. It's just a closed mindset. But, uh, but also some people, or, or people have just made up their mind. Yeah, like, right, they feel they've made up their mind. Or made up their mind. I know, I'm in a constant state of flux, but I think there is... I don't know. Like, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't slap that all in the same box because I, yeah. I. I feel like some people are just like, now I'm, I'm down. Like this, I've spectrum. explored, yeah, and I've and I know how I feel. Like, I don't. I don't know. I've done some things with dudes, but I don't. I don't have any tendency to do them again. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Because I've like, oh, I've gone that far, and I'm like, oh, that's that's as far as I'm really yeah. interested in. I, th- I think it's as. Uh, uh, For now, but then you're right. Like, fuck knows what happens in the future. Yeah, and hopefully someone would be open to Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> I love <Guess> you. Exchange. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
No, but this is perfect, right? Because it, again, it's bringing up all the tests and challenges of what you're, what we're going to talk about. What's this yeah. consciously relating to each other? Like you're, I feel like this conversation is going to blow my mind hmm. because really I couldn't handle it when he was telling me and it took me a while. I, was like, I don't think a lot of people can. That's what I reckon. What do you mean? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> just stop being like that. Just, you know, I was oh, being so even as you, even as you contemplate and I'm sure you would in yourself, like you would have like those voices in your head, like what does that person think or what do people think a little bit, do you think? Or do you like, yeah. as you're going through the process of like the fear of being boxed or judged? Yeah, in the beginning, it's like telling your parents um, fear of what they'll think. Yeah. But then you just start to realize it's, it's only their discomfort around the topic. It's yeah, not yeah, my yeah. discomfort. Yeah. Um, and so uh, yep. I'm not going to hold myself back from them. I'm not going to hold themselves back from knowing who their son is just because of a fear of discomfort. Mm. Um, but if I can communicate in the right way, maybe I can help them feel comfortable about it, which is challenging because when there's no... When you're trying not to have labels involved, but you're trying to communicate something clear enough for them to feel comfortable around. And why, can, can why I? Oh, you go. Um, Xander, from your yeah. opinion of meeting all and all this time you've been with Al, why doesn't Al want it to be boxed? Why is he needs to do? Why does he need it to be open? Well, I think that's also something we share. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a part of our relationship that brought us together. The way that we had conversation when we first met was. Well, the very first moment we met was a big moment of openness. We were in dance at Five Rhythms on a Tuesday yeah. night. Which is like a um, meditation movement class. Yeah, like yeah. moving through five very different expensive. movements of being. I um, you said very expensive. You're like, very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> well, look. Because this will set the scene of yeah. no. people thinking differently. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. And yeah, I, I think we, we want to explore more and more openness in our lives in many other facets. And so it's something we shared together. Um, as a quality that we wanted to explore as well, which I think was really unifying because yeah. there was also this very strong unifying factor of being openness, which kind of aids the issue that um, is usually around it of the fear because if you kind of unified on thought together, then you can move through it together. Mm. So the two of you decided that we're both into openness and in our way of thinking, in our hearts, in our spirituality, that because you unified had that, it was the same sort of similar thing. You just wanted to keep pushing that on every level in any yeah. way. Well, I think for some, like if I was to be in a relationship with someone who had no idea of openness, I struggle very hard to be in a relationship with someone who doesn't, isn't open to the idea of growth because I feel so boxed in. I feel so... Boring. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to all the boring people. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and sorry. yeah, so... Um, so, so can I ask you how you'd approach, um, so like, so walking down the street or mm-hmm. at, or just got chatting to a girl or a guy in a place yeah. and you, you're like, man, I've got some chemistry of you. I love our conversation. Yeah. Keep chatting. Well, at what point do you discuss with each other your involvement with that other person um, along the way? Yeah. Well, we've had a conversation about how we would deal with this. Mm. Um, and in the beginning, we we would like it to be that we can just go and be with that person then make sure we tell each other afterwards. Mm. Um, but in the beginning, we've made it that we will talk to each other first. Yeah. Before we yeah. pursue anything, mm. um, it, just because of the maturity of our relationship, and so we really believe we need to build a strong nucleus between us before we start either going off on our own or inviting people in to so our that, relationship. Yeah, right. That's and that's smart to what know. What do you mean so, by a strong nucleus? Like a very strong 
conscious relationship, a very strong, strong bind between the two of us. Respect of how so you, you might treat um, each other, yeah. where we values, won't hurt each other. Ways, and, rules, almost yeah. boundaries. So this is yeah. a, the one thing that you guys I love about you is how no. it's all about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fostering growth in both of you together, and it's that acceptance of. I know you're a human and humans have desires and change and like you do what you want. I know it's not an attack on me. Like yeah. just because someone else is sharing something with you, um, or has the potential to, hasn't happened yet, but mm-hmm. it's not a, oh, they're giving their love to them. So that's less love in my love pot. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, they're taking my slice of my love pie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There, well, there's, a, there's a tremendous sense like... From... You've had more pie than me, Al! <laughs> I don't know why you've got an accent now. <laughs> Give me my pie. There's a real sense of how soft you guys are. Like, with your, your nature is so soft and kind and gentle. Um, so... That's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Should I leave? Jumping on the compliment train. No, but I'm like, like I, I'm just kind of off the back of like, it's n- nothing's imposing about your your being or your what you're like. Um, but yeah, so the reality is, I'm just talking about the nuts and bolts of the relationship, or the like mm. nitty gritty. So if if like it, it's because it might affect you, like you might be having, like Zan, you might be having a low day, and then. Al comes back and he's shown his affection elsewhere and then that might make you upset. So that's why you... That's In a, the beginning, yeah. That's why we yeah. want to make sure that we have a very strong relationship first before we go and do that. Mm. Yeah. Um, but we still notice it. Like mm. I was in Tasmania um, whenever, beginning of this year, and there was a lady behind the shop in Angel MS who um, just felt something with. Nothing came of it yeah. because we hadn't talked about it. But I talked about it. I told Zana mm. that, mm. that you notice it. And if I was in a very strong monogamous relationship, I would feel bad if I noticed it. Yes. Guilt. Like a lot of people feel guilt if they find someone yeah, yeah. attractive because they're in a relationship. Yeah. But I if get- I'm in a relationship and I have the openness, then cool. And here's this is why I think in the moment I- where you were telling when I heard about it and then polyamory and then moving on to recognizing it in myself going, oh, that's just your own beliefs of blocking it, you know, boxing it. I was like, you know what the cool thing is, is it would really teach you to let go of shame, mm. guilt, jealousy, exactly. envy. So, yeah, can we go into detail on that? Hang on. They're better than me. That's why you're looking at them. Like, mm-hmm. Am I not giving you what you need? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. I reckon they're perfect examples, but, like, let's talk about them, like, in a real way. Like, mm. in, yeah. um, So, that, that's... Um, how do you... What, how do you identify that niggle how do you process it with in your relationship with one another mm-hmm. let's give us an example of like I, can i ask I, a question how do you process it when it happens and then we'll get it from them um let's go ju- your let's relationship. It. well has it yeah because yeah <laughs> um I, okay um, no we don't have to we can go yeah, back yeah. i just wanted yeah. to hear it from you before they said it to see if you can compare it but like I guess... a, a clear example of how that shows up yeah just like <laughs> yeah, if yeah. you if like you you had that feeling of the girl yeah then um then how do you exam feel about that and where what just talk about your realm of feelings with um how that makes you feel like and like do you does a little spike of jealousy come up and you go oh that's just jealousy and then you identify on each other or what happens yeah definitely jealousy is the first thing that um we feel but i feel mm. and i think every human kind of it's quite normal for us to feel it it's kind of an, an instinctual thing that we don't have control of or yet what is um, it jealousy yeah yeah 
What is it? I feel what like it's a protection it? thing. Yeah, definitely. Because the need to have somebody else is kind of a, yeah, it's a sense of support and security. And if it's at danger, then all of a sudden you're by yourself again. I feel it's just a protection mechanism against mm. you. Cool. Keep going. Anyways. I'm just interested yeah. if we pull it apart and quickly. Yeah. So that <sighs> pops up, of course, in the first instance of when you hear that your partner is interested in or, or just felt something with someone else. Um, but then to have a deep understanding of myself of going, okay, well, I know that that is just my pr- protection mechanism. And mm. then anything um, that I hear now is going to be blocked by that as like a filter over my eyes and ears. Gotcha. Um, then let's just see what we can do about breathing into the moment and being present and taking away that filter. Yeah, great. And still engaging together. That's beautiful because uh, that's that's how I'd describe like the, all you need to do in a process of relationship is is just like you're, you've got everything it is to love someone, right? But you're just finding the things that are blocking you from doing that and pulling mm-hmm. them away. And whenever, as soon as you shine light on them or say them or vocalize them, they disarm. But I, I'm curious as to like they always come back as well though. That's the thing. Yeah, like they, it's, they have patterns of wanting to come back. So... Yeah, I'm just so fascinated and love to talk more you, about that. You learn the tools on how to cope with it. But it's also uh, in India, meditation at Tashita, the um, Buddhist monastery. Um, you start to realize that a lot of these protection mechanisms where you feel because you love them so much, you want to have them. But is that love? Is that actually love if you want to own, own somebody? Um, and so I've had issues with attachment, um, especially in this relationship. And um, because you love somebody so much, you want, to have them but how is that love how trying to own someone trying to stop them from being someone else being with someone else trying to stop them from going here or there because you want to own them that's definitely not love exciting that freedom that's that space yeah um and a big word that i think is important for people to know uh especially it comes up a lot in the polyamory world is compersion i just looked it up oh really i did because i remember i was like this is a special word that they use what makes almost the opposite of jealousy yes yeah and it's being able to be happy for your partner's love in somebody else or your partner being with someone else. Mm. Can so I read actually, the definition? Yeah. yeah. The, the positive feelings one gets when a lover is enjoying another relationship, sometimes called the opposite or the flip side of jealousy, they comment that compersion can coexist with jealous feelings. Mm. Yeah. So beautiful. What about it? I just, you know, that's still a bit of a head fuck for me and pe- I think people out there, what do you mean? What does that look like for you two then? Yeah. It's definitely a, I still have to take a step back. Like, because jealousy is the first thing that comes up. It's very deeply ingrained. But then if you are mm. present enough, um, whether through meditation or whatever, just take a moment, take a step back and notice the jealousy. And then you can reach compersion. Um, but if it's, I'm just... It's, it's a high level of selflessness, if you ask me. Because it's yeah. like, there's a, big, there's a big sacrifice you're making of your own attachment to... A pretty, a pretty deep seated uh, evolutionary construct in our minds that we've had for fucking ages. Yeah. Yeah. There's an in polyamory. Uh, Claiming. Hmm. Yeah. There's um, uh, Ian McKenzie, a good friend from Canada, and Charles Eisenstein do a lot of work with Tamara in Portugal, which is, they call it a healing biotope or love, the love university. Their big philosophy is pouring as much money into love as we do into war and seeing what happens. Um, Fucking but, brilliant. Yeah, but their big philosophy is free love. And it's not free love like the 70s. It's free love as in love free from fear. And one of the big things that Ian always talks about is depth and attachment. And in either a polyamorous relationship or a very conscious and open relationship, um, most people are either deep and attached 
or not so deep and quite shallow in fear of being vulnerable and being hurt and so non-attached to people mm. um but how can you go deep and be non-attached at the same time? Mm. See, I don't, there's so many of those. Could we break that down a bit? It's just transcending so many layers, layers of self that he's just fucking ascending. And you, when, when you say <laughs> attachment, I, my understanding of attachment at a really basic level is attached to the outcome, to the end result, attached to my own thoughts or beliefs in the moment. And so I'm able to be attached, see it there and be present to it. But not mm. have to. I think we even talked about it at one of our podcasts. Not cling on to it. Yeah. So you detach from it. Yeah. Well, I mean, just to, as a very simple form, what I'm trying to relate to of what you're like the difference between worrying about what you're getting and worrying about what you're giving. Mm. Like, uh, like I have a real like it's so clear as fuck when you go when I all I'm whenever I'm down I'm just all I'm worried about is just like how I'm being affected how what what I'm getting what I'm getting. And if I'm not getting it, and mm-hmm. basically that's it. And that's what draws all suffering from. So it's attachment to self and what I need this way, this way, this way. But as soon as I flip it and just go, right, everything about my day is just given to someone else. I just want to give you my attention, give you my focus, give you myself. Mm-hmm. The, so much joy comes from your the process of giving. Yeah. Like so much joy and freedom. Yeah, it's a so, great so, way. So that's a very simple way of what I feel like you're taking that to the next level with more deeper, realer examples or harder examples. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still struggling to relate it to what you just mentioned then about giving, giving, giving. You well, s- you're essentially love is given, right? Yeah. And then fear is taken. Mm-hmm. Like we, 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 when we're in a state of fear, we're, we're worrying about Grab what's everything. coming this way. Yeah, and we're yeah, in a state yeah. of love, we're worrying about what's going that way. Yeah. When I'm loving, all I give a fuck about is that way. Mm-hmm. Like zero fucks you're about what's coming my way. And I'm pointing forward. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then... So that's what that's how I personally mm-hmm. relate to When you what give, you receive or something like um, that. Like in, but the, the purest state of giving is not you're not even thinking about, oh, I'm receiving receiving. it but but it just happens and you have no attachment to it you just feel great yeah um but you're not like if you're in the it's it's you know and in in compersion would be so if we're not attached then we're just happy for the other person yeah it's actually gratitude right see this is what we're talking about on the other podcast which i don't know if we'll be out by this but what i was basically saying is that the difference between attachment and clinging whereas you know you want a healthy attachment to your partner, a healthy one. You know, like if you have a child, you don't want to be unattached to your kid because they need yeah, a healthy yeah. attachment to yeah. grow into a, you know, foster love. Yeah. It's that clinging. It's that holding on that. Is healthy um, attachment just respect then in a way? Uh, n- I think it's like a, it's that. A caring of that. It's ca- yeah, caring and like, and it's not wonder- saying, oh, I don't care about you and like, you know, like. Let's it's, say I'm Al and Xander and be like, oh, we're in an open relationship. So if they decide they don't want to be with him anymore, fuck yeah. you know what I mean? It's, it's a very like, conscious mm. attachment. Yeah. Kind of, it's it's a wise Consciously way relating. It. Yeah. I relate it to unconditional love. Everyone talks about unconditional love. Love that shit. But uh, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people talk <laughs> about don't... unconditional love, but they're still damn attached. And whether it's attached to oh, the man. physical person or attached to the idea of the person Dude. or attached to who the person was when they first met them. I grew up in a um, church that unconditional love was the backbone, yeah. yet it was completely conditional on having the same faith. Uh-huh. How, f- exactly. how much of a spiritual <laughs> torture is that? Fuck me. Mm. That's, it's, that is a spiritual torture. And that's what's interesting because I find that's why I'm picking at it. I'm going, but I don't understand because I couldn't do that mm. in my head, the attachment to it. So mm. this is like the best conversation because it's not true. Yeah. Of course I can do that. 
of course I can slow down. And we wonder why relationships are so hard. When you just tried to explain attachment, which then led us to gratitude, which led us to compersion, which led yeah. us back to, well, it could be this, it could be that. Like there is multi-levels to emotions and yeah. our our tactics every day. Our, you know, I even go to the, I can't even put it into words. Relationships are hard. You guys are like next level. (laughs) (laughs) This is a really big point I love to keep fresh in my mind as well along the process because it is really hard in relationships. And I think following the philosophy of polygamous relationships just as a way of, you know, looking in deeper, using a microscope onto your relationship to see more detail into it and how it works is just a, a great framework to use, really. You don't actually have to be polygamous, I don't think. It's just a way of liberating your love more. God, and, yeah, yeah. and so you so don't I, actually yeah. have to go for that end goal of being mm. in a functional great, polygamous mate. relationship. I love that. I love that about any uh, an attitude to any kind of evolutionary step in your growth. Yeah, It is kind so. of, I see it as this, like acceptance. I've, yeah. I, 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 this interests me. I haven't had it before because it's really hard to find people it's so hard to find people that are interested in it as well and understand it. Yeah. But um, it's the idea that I accept you no matter what you're going to do. If that makes sense. It's like, I know that you don't want to be monogamous now, but that might not be the case 10 years. Think of all the relationships and divorces. As I think this, I'll get the statistic up, but there's more divorces, like more percentage of people get divorced than they do that stay together. Yeah. And it's that Which is impossible because... We're humans. <laughs> I thought you meant like, oh, right, sorry, yeah. I thought you said there's more divorces than marriages. No, yeah, which is just like that. the most confusing <laughs> stat. It's no, like, no, like more where people, are those divorces coming from? Like, no, like families end up get breaking because people, like, desire... Ch- it's it, in, Everything's in change. Yeah, like, we, okay, yeah. we treat relationships as static when they're really in flux. And, of, and our, there's the a tremendous sense Beautiful. of, like... I love that. ...self-love like that you each must have in order to yeah. maintain this I was state. about to say, the biggest... I feel challenge in this is it takes incredible self-awareness and self-love to operate Yes, because a lot of us find love in another to fill the void of lack of love for ourselves. So true, man. And so if you, there's no way a polyamorous relationship would work if you don't love yourself. Uh, a lot of my friends so I talked to about it and they would love to be able to relate this way, but they also like, realize they like the queen. avalanche of work that they need to do if they're going to be okay with themselves first. Do you reckon Mate. that's what happened to me in that moment? I was like, well, I'm not doing that <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe I am. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You <laughs> gotta... go to one of your workshops. Oh, okay. But I think it's so fascinating. It's mm. amazing. I like it. Just thanks for drawing us into your reality. Like yeah, look it's, at the energy. It's a fucking this. gift. What about, this? What about that? Like it's a gift. <laughs> it's a gift. For, I feel like it's a gift for me and it's a gift for anyone listening. But it's a fucking gift for me. Thank you, boys. All Thank good. you for having us. What would, what would you guys feel is the, uh, like, what is the biggest apprehension or sticky point around this topic for you? Like, in your mm. personal relationships, whether it's a love relationship Good or question. A... Bring it back. Mm. <laughs> I've got one that I think is just a story. Okay. So, I've been reading a book called Sex at Dawn by Christopher Ryan, which talks mm. about uh, the idea that maybe humans aren't naturally monogamous, that when we were in tribal cultures that had mm. no concept of possession or ownership... Um, everything was shared. Um, it was the idea that everyone was polyamorous within the tribe. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah cool. Maybe that. humans are naturally polyamorous, but the caveat is within a community. Yeah. So yeah. when we live in this individualistic culture where people are thinking about themselves, what I want or what I need, I feel like it's very hard. This is why I think I'm struggling with it because um, I'm not struggling with it. I've never done it before. But finding it, it's just because we don't have that community there. 
That's a really interesting point. Because if you think about it, we were in these tribes of 150 people at most. And all the fathers fathered all of the children because they didn't know which children was theirs. Yes, it was brothers. Yeah, brothers of the the woman that gave birth were the father figure. And it was like multiple father figures. Um, But now we have this idea that one person has to fulfill all these needs of a whole tribe. Mm -hmm. So that's something I think about. Like, um, is it possible if we don't come to a more communal shared way of living like do you well, know i'd say that the tribe is the household in a way in the way that's why i see it as evolved to like a, a household is it is the tribe because that you know it's a mini one mm. but, but still it's like all these values of like the the compassionate chief the best friend the you know all these different relationships we have with people yeah. um but we, i think again that takes, takes self-awareness like when i was exploring polyamory became very aware of what it is i seek in relationship because, you know, do you seek sex? Is it emotional? Is it an ability to have an emotional conversation with someone? Is it yeah. an ability to have an intellectual conversation? Like we relate on so many different levels and what it is, what is it that you seek most in relationship? Yeah. And if you're not aware of that, then you're just mindlessly going through relating. Um, so even with your partner, if you're not aware of what it is that you actually, like what's the absolute essence of your relationship? How do you feel here? How do you experience love really? Um, then polyamorous uh, relationships is going to be very tricky, but also monogamous relationships. It's, there's a very, uh, there's a lot of understanding that comes from, and a lot of, uh, I suppose, groundedness for us that's come from really understanding what we're both seeking in relationship. Mm. Um, How have you guys explored mm. this? Like what things have you done to explore it? Um, Sexually, that is. No, but like, <laughs> like what, what well, I don't... I, th- I think a big thing was like the little tiffs that you have in relationships. That's mm. usually when this connection of what you're both needing out of it has gone wrong a little bit. And so um, when it was our six month anniversary and we were going to go head out to India, like in two weeks, I think it was, yeah. we had a little um, uh, date out in Alinda, just yeah. in the forest in a really nice <laughs> little cottage home. And we decided to really spend that intentional time together to explore what is the foundations of our love? What is it that I need out of this relationship and what Al also needs as well? And how does that help us revolve as people um, together? And so we had a little, um, a little mushroom journey to like kind of expand our awareness whilst we were together. And we just laid there for six hours, (laughs) really getting into tapping into a lot mainly without speaking just what is the fundamental essence of why i need this relationship or love in my life and it was Mm. to be heard and for al the the fundamental essence for him was to be felt and um we kind of pictured us as two little particles (laughs) (laughs) you guys are tripping balls at this point but i'm completely with you as you talk about it i I am i am am. So we're like two little particles that kind of came together through some similarities, but through our differences, we revolve around the space that's in the middle, kind of like a nucleus, if you like. And this time that we spend together is how we evolve through time. Um, And as we rotate around. uh, Philosophical, metaphysical. No, this is beautiful though. Like if you think of it as even just a a metaphor, let alone uh, an acid trip and mushroom trip, it was actually, you pull away all the logic. Mm. And And when you see, like for me, the visual of us simply being two particles, two separate entities, we are not, uh, and we can no way become one entity. 
No so the way. idea of, scientifically you can't. The idea yeah. of merging or attaching so much that you become the other person is actually impossible. And so the urge to merge in a lot of relationships is simply a self-sabotage. Um, but this visualization and metaphor that we saw using our two rose quartz laying on bed, <laughs> pulling it all together as that we are two particles being brought together by our similarities, but we are here to grow and we're here to be mirrors for each other to, to grow through something. And for me, the healing part was being felt and for Zan who needs to be heard. Um, so wow. that's a very, that's the fundamental healing property of why we're Do you know what? I applaud that. I think that's fantastic. I think there's people out there would be like, oh, so they found it through an, a mushroom trip. <laughs> yeah. But I actually just talking to that part of us that kind of disbelieves that people can sit there and go to that depth with each other and honesty. Mm. I think that takes a lot of, I, I've thought through a communication tool of hearing a person and then the other person being heard yeah. and then being able to literally just sit in that and become aware of what each other's deep core belief is. Yeah, and if there's yeah. nothing that gets me more excited when I find that in a human, because yeah. I'm like, great. If you know that about yourself, of course you can witness it, be aware of it when it becomes negative or positive. Mm-hmm. You're not listening to me right now, Xander. You're not feeling me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, it's the other way around, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, now that makes so much more sense to me. Yeah, yeah. And that we can, we, as soon as we look back at all the little friction points in our relationship, or even now, like this morning, little friction points, <laughs> things that come up, we just say, well, it's obvious. Obviously, I was not present and listening to what Xander was mm-hmm. saying, and he became very upset, yeah. um, or I wasn't, I wasn't felt. And I wasn't physically present, and I wasn't there for Al when he needed to be felt. Yeah. And That's... yeah, so it, for both of us, it came mm. down to be present enough to be aware on how we can consciously nourish each other mm. so beautiful isn't it it's like you arm each other by being like on that trip and like you, people can do it without doing drugs as well and but Absolutely. Just, a, just by yeah. having a conversation where you're that vulnerable mm-hmm. um where with yourself and like you've armed al with how he, he can love you now and so he's he if he slips up what slips up for one of a better word he knows exactly how he can love you again like i think mm. that's wonderful like it's a beautiful thing yeah but unless we're present enough we don't like we know so much about each other more than we know about ourselves most of the time. But if we're not present enough, we can't act with that awareness. And that's mm. when the shit hits the fan. Yep. Yeah. But if we're present enough, we have incredible knowledge about each other and about each other's belief systems and pains and fears and mm. et cetera. And so we can be incredible mirrors for each other, incredible awesome. catalysts for growth. What does presence um, mean for you guys? It's one of those words that has a yeah, hundred different meanings around. for different people. What mm. did you say? Yeah. What does presence mean for them? Within the context of your relationship. Yeah. Well, for me, it's being totally, first of all, with myself, aware of how I feel and upfront about it. Um, I make a big effort to make sure I share absolutely everything. Um, Not expecting Xander to act on any of it or say anything in return, just to make it known, just to clear the undercurrent of the relationship. Otherwise, it may turn into something, but just to put it out there. Um, And so, first of all, to be very clear on how I'm actually feeling beneath how I would like to be feeling, what's actually going on. Um, so present is just being aware of my, my feeling, my emotion, my body. Um, and then through that naturally comes a presence for the other mm. or for Zender. Um, and how, like, emotional intelligence. I think presence is a gateway to emotional intelligence. Mm. You know, okay. I grew up... Um, oh, did you want to answer it, Zander? Yeah, I was just going to add a note. Like, for me, it's, it's just hearing those... Um, ideas in my head that are reacting to what's going on and just allowing them to sit there and not act on them and then actually just be there. 
because those thoughts always like kind of go in this little monologue inside of our heads whilst mm. the things are actually happening in front of us and they act mm. as a filter again mm. that stops us from really interacting. Yeah, great. That's a great way to... So it's, mm. yeah. yeah, so it's always listening to like what negative kind of reactions are happening in and go, in my head um, when something's going on and then just allowing them to sit there and like kind of pipe down a bit. Yeah. And Fuck, just try wise, and be real. Boy. That's like your self-talk, just dialing it down so you can really be there for someone. Yeah. Really good. Because when you think about person. your relationship, how do you apply that to you and Me. Michelle? Oh, man, I, I feel like there's a lot of self-talk that goes on in my head when she's talking that... <laughs> that yeah, like be without, honest. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Really I mean, I'm sure there is, I'm, I'm, there's ways of, like, I've I've been more present by, like, giving myself time, giving myself time to not just jump on my opinion of what I think she should do, even if it's my understanding of what would be better for her. Um, but... I fucking I don't I don't like yeah I, I, what I'm, all I'm finding is that I needed my current challenge is I need to really lay down my opinions um, in our relationship and give them up and surrender them and just really hear her um, that's it that's really what I'm feeling at the moment God that's beautiful and everybody wants to be heard like that's mm. as a woman I go oh that really <laughs> who doesn't it's like mm. thank you for listening I think dudes particularly have a tendency to re- solve or fix um i mean i do anyway and a lot of the other my mate dudes that i chat to about shit do you know mm. what yeah i do wonder about that the male female difference and you mm. know if i'm think, thinking male female difference does that mean as dudes you just like male male get each other <laughs> <laughs> you know like <laughs> it's so not as black and white as that i know another box i'm trying to put it well, in the funny thing about <laughs> the funny thing about me and mish is that like she's a little bit we're both a little bit like I've got a lot of feminine in me. She's got a she's got, got a bit more masculine for her um, for her emotional state. Like she just yeah, doesn't give it a is, fuck. It is. <laughs> so like our relationships, because I think it's a balance of how much masculine and feminine we got in us, in us spiritually or emotionally or whatever you call it. Mm. Um, that and yeah, I'm, it isn't it isn't male and female, masculine, feminine. Yeah. each of it. That's that's yeah. why this makes yeah. so much. Your relationship makes so much sense in my understanding of the the balance of masculine and feminine that we have in us. Yeah. Um, because mm. th- there is this energy that counter like the yin and the yang, and there's this energy that complements each other. Yeah, we've Absolutely. had a lot of conversations about polarity and our polarity. Um, what do you mean by polarity? Just like the, the push and pull between masculine and feminine. Yep. And sometimes we have to consciously choose to, I have to play the masculine, Zan will play the feminine or switch it. And we've had maybe twice now in the last nearly 12 months, we've consciously decided to switch roles because either in my professional life, I would like to bring in more feminine. I'd like to let go of the need to do shit all the time. Or the yeah, yeah thing. gotcha. And so... um yeah, see, the application of the example helps. Yeah, and so for me uh, and for Xander, and this is why we say we're brought together by our similarities, but we revolve around our opposites. Because for Xander, he's naturally, well, he was naturally quite feminine in the um, more professional, you could say, career side of his life. But now that he's on his own becoming a yoga teacher, needs to create, needs to bring in more discipline, more masculine. So and so cool. it works, but we need to make a conscious to shift together. What a fun journey you're on together. I'm yeah. so thrilled for you. <laughs> um, and <clears throat> what would you call the nucleus in your relationship? So if you're the guys for the particles flying around the yeah. outside, what is the, how would you des- describe the nucleus better? Great question. Mm. The space, the space between us. I guess that's a very open word as well, but like what we create together, I would say. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, the... Imagine more people were talking about let's the presence, the, the understanding. Between us. 
It's I the pull. It. It's a gravitational pull for starters, right? Isn't yeah. It? Like it, so it's pulling you in, obviously. And um, but it, it, for me, for me, I've got a, a spiritual understanding. Like it feels like the spirit of life creation, or um, wow. or maybe <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. I mean, that's what I'd that's what I'd call it in my relationship with someone because yeah. it's the life force that draws two atoms together or two particles together uh-huh. and yeah. to create a new part, not a new part. It creates a new being like the en- your shared energy, energy yeah. is, a, is a new energy, like the Holy spirit in the Bible. That's what they call it. Yeah. Like, there's all sorts of different labels for mm-hmm. that kind of third party. You know, something that feels quite tender about this conversation. Um, I've actually never been in a relationship and I don't talk about it that often, but it's this beautiful thing that I'm awakening to in my life that that you can do this. It's almost mm. like all my life I just wanted to sit and have these open conversations and talk about the space between us and what I need and what you need. And I noticed that over the years as I was growing up around males that maybe weren't the best mirror for me that I was in partnerships or one night stands with, that I can look at them and I'm so thankful what they taught me. But at this point in my life I go, it's exactly what I want to talk about. And you give me permission by the two of you sitting here. And I think there's a lot mm. of people out there that would want to sit in a relationship and talk about what is good for them and what's not. And honey, yeah. can't we just do this tonight and give you that space and yeah. understand you? But could you just step up as a man today? Or could you be more masculine and make the decisions for us? I've been the man all week. You know, I've been the masculine all week. Yeah. So... I think that this is such a beautiful conversation for me to hear. Could you, you know, it's like raising the frequency of what I desire in my life. Like I'm actually so inspired by it. Could you, could you give us a, a real, I love it. Yeah. Could you give us a real life example of how one could soften the other one without like, um, it's all intention obviously, but like in order to like draw your partner out, like say mm-hmm. someone's listened to this and they want to go home and draw their partner out or have a deeper level of relationship, be more vulnerable, be more transparent, be more honest, whatever. Yeah. Um, how would you advise? And I don't think it's necessarily actions, but it's more intentions. Yeah. Right. I th- yeah. I feel it's hard to start that midway through a relationship. Speaking to a lot of friends as well, they oh, want to yeah. relate this way, but, um, they're halfway through a relationship and it's hard to bring that in if you haven't set the precedent. Yeah. Interesting. Like we met, as Zana said, in a very open way. And so that's, that's the precedent set. Yeah, um, the gateway is so already true. open, but if you're already in a relationship, that's very back and forth, very almost competitive. Um, I have most people meet now through dating. It's where you've got to pretend to like the other person. Yeah. Yes. And puff your own chest out to be mm. impressive. And all that. But if on the first date you open up with like one of Dr. Arthur Aaron's 36 questions that lead to intimacy. I do love these and like, I, can't, I love yeah. doing it. Those me. questions that really get to the Can you explain it? Can you explain it? Can we yeah. do one? So, sure, we can do one. Um, Dr. Arthur Aaron in the United States, I'm not sure which university he did it at, but he did a research on human connection and obviously vulnerability as Brene Brown uh, is very big on, is a big, big catalyst for connection, sharing human truths mm. um and so he he made a list of 36 questions they are broken up into three sets of 12 they get deeper and deeper every time and i forget what the exact statistic is but you've got a very increased uh likelihood of connecting or uh, falling in love with one person if you go through these 36 questions gotcha. and a lot of times i've done them in a workshop and people end up emailing me afterwards saying hey l sounds a bit weird but i met Lucy in your workshop at Rainbow Serpent. We were meant to catch up afterwards. We didn't. Do you mind if you connect us on email? Mm. Um, they work. It's vulnerability. Not many people will experience that. Yeah. So if you open up your date 
or your first time meeting someone with a question about what is it that excites you most about your week to week? Mm. Or how would you design your perfect day? A question that has them actually think about themselves um, and then share that. I think that creates the space for a a conscious relationship. That's a good tip. Because yeah. I reckon it can be done. I reckon people in long relationships can break those patterns. It it is yeah, probably is harder absolutely. in a lot of ways, but like it's harder for anyone that's wide. I, I, I guess that's a, what would you say, Zena? It, it's hard. I, I imagine like very hard, but at the same time, is as easy as a moment of just pure presence. Yeah, and it can be boy. your first one, yeah, but like it just takes so that true. to click, and then you have your new train tracks, perfect, your new beautiful direction. I was thinking about yeah. how often beautiful. we say it's hard. Or I'm struggling, or that's a challenge, and it even by just saying it, you keep reinforcing Empowering. what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, Definitely. and we know this this sort yeah, of thing that it just makes it harder. Yeah. So I, as soon as they heard it, I was the same thing. Just well, only if we make it so, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I need to find another way of doing it. Mm-hmm. We have to be way more creative. Um, actually, let me just sit and think about, do I really want this? And why would I want this? Yeah. And will that allow me to take the next steps forward? You know, mm. that's a process of figuring out if it's hard or not. It's actually your desire for it. And mm. can yeah. you learn the skills and the tools and the tricks to be able to communicate in a certain way? And, yeah. and, and as a, just listening to yourself. Yeah. Just listening into that, like that inner skill that you kind of already have to love more. And uh, it feels bloody dorky at the beginning, yeah. but that's one of the biggest uh, the biggest hurdles is getting over that lovey dorky feeling that might be helping. Do you know what? I think that's true. That's a part of being hard in a way, don't you think? It's like I got to sit here and feel like all Mushy. vulnerable and like I'm yeah. gooey. It's like many times so true. Texture of emotion. So I, felt I came back to a CP workshop, like a collective potential workshop last night after not going for quite a long time, <laughs> and I. Actually, thanks for coming, Ryan. My, well, my, I came with my friend Tasha last night, who I met at my first ever CP, where we had to stare in each other's eyes for six minutes. I mean, Tasha is still friends with this really nice, like not a romantic relationship, but just like a really nice mm. connected relationship. And I think it came from those eyes. Yeah. And I remember she said that was like the first time she'd ever, she doesn't really look people in the eye and it was the first time she did it. And that was just amazing. Mm. And that, that's why that feeling's so hard. It's the feeling of being seen and seeing someone else so you might be in a relationship for years but not truly be seen and we don't always do an eye gazing activity but it is about connection and i you just see it in people it's so something that i've grown up we've all grown up in a way oh no that's not true i think that we are definitely on a scale of one to ten ten being we're all about connection we're pretty high on that scale and so you look at some of the people who come into the workshops or even listening to this and they're not do- they're not sitting there doing eye gazing, let alone sharing thirty six questions about why they're loving each other over a Tinder date. You mm. know, like mm. I just think it's interesting. I love that we're talking about it because yeah. you never know the people out there that have never experienced this. Yeah. So mm. you are pioneering it. That's why I was a bit like, mm. no, they're not. What are they talking about? You we know? made a big deal <laughs> of saying that we're not freaking. Uh, the pros at no, a relationship. Not at all. <laughs> had a bit of a tip this morning. Like, yeah, we had a know. bit of a moment this morning. Like, no, but that, oh, that's we probably the... shouldn't go on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Nobody's perfect. Oh, no. see, that's yeah. a good point. But but no, I do no want to. I, I want to credit that because yeah. it's like it is. There is this cult, the cultural paradigm in terms of how we relate to people not in a relationship but just like our neighbors and like the the level of um, frequency we communicate with Mm. our friends and peers is very shallow (laughs) like how are you yeah good how are you yeah good like it's 
and in relationships with dating, it's the same thing. But mm-hmm. you guys are really proper, are pioneering, I th- I believe, like, and, be, and I think it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> because because it's, it's, these, it's these ones on the, on the out fronts of taking the risks that will redesign our society in general, I believe. Mm. Yeah, think about it. If you weren't in a, a relationship that did this sort of thing and you just stopped and s- turned to your partner and said, honey... I would really like to talk about our nucleus, (laughs) (laughs) you know, the space in between us and that's the language you've gathered. But I think that there is nothing wrong with that language at the same time. Hey, you're one person, I'm another. I feel like we've got hopes and dreams together. Mm. You know, what's the, what's almost, you're not experts, but. What were what what would be the steps for someone to start to integrate that into their life, or at least take a step into it? Yeah, I'd you know? say like the thirty six questions. There's been okay, great. conversation cards that have been created out of them. Connect have cards. They? Yeah, so all about it. They're great for facilitation because then it's not about me asking you the question. So it brings down the barrier mm. of you're weird. You're asking me the question. The card's asking you the question. Gotcha. So it could be. Hey, do we want to have wine and dinner t- tomorrow night? I've got these cool cards that we could explore or something. And that's the cards that are doing the work. It's not you're weird because you're asking me these freaking weird questions. Mm. Um, so it brings in this right. third entity, which yep. is a big part of facilitation. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can bring that into a relationship and just do it on a date. I just ask six, six questions tomorrow night on your next date. Start and, at the, and- the lower once. And for those that are already been in a relationship for a long period of time, I reckon a, a strong willingness to be soft, mm. be eager to be soft in the conversation rather than, because there'll be the defensive things, wars will come up and there'll be like reactions yeah. when you've been vulnerable. Mm. And it's because it's a scary state to be in, particularly in a relationship that's gone on for a few years and there's all these patterns. So I, I reckon a, having a strong sense, a strong desire to Right, remember, guys, the rule for this conversation is to lean towards softness rather than aggression. Yeah. I feel mm. I end up reminding myself and Zander a lot that what we're talking about, sometimes things obviously get heated mm. and we might hurt each other. But that. Guys, we're, we're, let's, keep it, let's keep it savvy. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that what we're talking about actually Sorry, has nothing to do with. Bit. Huh? I was, I was <laughs> dropping He's trying to try in. Oh. <laughs> We're really not good at those. <laughs> Sorry. <man. laughs> but so, just reminding. Just the in the room. <laughs> I love I so wasn't in that phase. I didn't even know. I was like, yeah. what is he it, It's never a good joke when you have to tell people what this <laughs> yeah. area is. I got it. Um, hey, thanks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan understood it. Of course he did. <laughs> Um, sorry, sorry. No, finish with yeah, no, saying. I, I cut, cut you off. That's yeah, right. I was like, what were we talking about? Um, no, but just reminding myself and us that what we're talking about has nothing to do with the love we have for each other. It's just us working out, basically right. our, our minds working out how to relate. Because our minds is obviously what holds all the afflictions of fear and jealousy and all this stuff is just our minds stuff. And so it's basically our minds learning how to relate to each other. And right. if we can be present enough to observe our minds, then we can facilitate ourselves trying to work out how to relate so whenever we have a a conflict or something it's nothing to do with the love that's the undercurrent it's just our minds learning how to actually coexist brilliant dude that's a really good distinction but to always just be sure that we're clear on that so that things don't get heated and we feel like we're going to lose each other or blah 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 it's got nothing to do with that it's just us working out how to actually be awesome Mm. yeah does that mean you can really see the how you trigger each other or things trigger you during the day and like trigger being this somebody says something or does something that triggers an, um, uh, maybe a negative pattern they've had or learnt experience in their life. And so when you're arguing, you're actually just triggering each other's different so, minds. Yeah. 
not like the this love. This morning was pretty, yeah, yeah, clear on that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I was just interested because I feel like the best example of a great relationship, and that's best friend too, right, or working relationship, is someone that you can actually argue with. Mm-hmm. And we'll just look at you during it or fight you back. Like I also think we live in a society that tells us to be nice and be good and be about love. But I actually think that you're never going to get someone you're not going to fight with unless you live blissfully, happily in a yeah. cave. Um, <laughs> and even then conscious mushrooms, who knows? Um, but the bad joke, there is this <laughs> moment that I just think, they're the best relationships to me. Someone who's willing to go, Emily, you're so out of line. You are being self-indulgent right now. Mm-hmm. Actually, you hurt my feelings. And then I go, oh, no, I didn't. That's your shit. But then they turn back and go, you're just not listening to me. And then the other person has to learn about it. And I don't know. I think I'd like to reward more people who talk about their fights and mm-hmm. then come out of it going, but we learned this about ourselves, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 We still, we don't fight, fight. It's never heated. No, of course, no. we have back and yeah. forth. Well, yeah. Um, but it's never. You're punching on. Yeah. <laughs> we no, do that. A disagreement. I've always wanted. Really. Disagreements yeah. of minds and a lack of harmony, a discord. Yes. Not a fight. Discord. <laughs> God forbid you fought. There's yeah, a woman called Emma Power. She runs mm. a thing called Tantra's Love, and I've yeah. got such love for her. Yeah. And um, but mainly because, this, as I mentioned before, I was so blocked about having a relationship or anything, um, and I've mentioned it on the podcast before, that I was living out the story over and over again. So I thought, I have to go and learn about what I keep perceiving not to be true, mm-hmm. and then welcome myself into this space of love, and whatever it was at the time. But I got into a course, and I said something like, um, and I'd be curious about you telling me your thoughts on this. I told... Everyone was talking about Tantra and like seeing each other and, you know, there was like 60% men and they were really hot. Like we're talking like mainstream blokes as well as, you know, masculine, feminine males. And I was like, oh my God, is there males out here who want to like connect? You know, like that's where my immaturity was. Mm -hmm. It was felt like a a 16 year old girl who didn't know that men wanted to express themselves and talk about it. So you know, when I sit in a room full of males who actually genuinely want to go into that space, do you think it's a bit weird that I think that it's unique that you want to do that or are you more proud of it? Uh, so, I don't think it's unique. I think if you look around it, yeah, I think you have complete right to believe that. Mm, of uh, just the way men view strength and the need to be strong and that strength mm. is not vulnerability. And um, yeah, I think a lot of culture would lend to someone believing that. Mm. I, would, uh, I would say I'm proud of it. Definitely gra- grateful. Mm. That's that a I... weird question, but it was just, I think I was more pr- uh, more amazed at... I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, that there is a lot of men out there and, who want to explore their sexuality and talk about this sort of stuff. I was, for my own benefit, just like, oh my God, this is amazing. But then as a female, I spend a lot of time with my friends who are looking for men who want to talk about their feelings today. And I go, mm. it's not that unique anymore. Hmm. Um, mm, mm, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I think it's just, that I th- there's a definite shift in globally with our level of consciousness and awareness and a big stars, spiritual universal shift happening towards this stuff. I think. Mm. Yeah. I think definitely the idea of um, having to be a man and having to be that stern masculine is really, that idea is kind of floating away and we're starting to understand the more wholeness of what we are as human beings and what we all need to be able to express. 
and um and so it's like unique to every single person it's just very hard in this life sometimes due to environment um to be able to do that yeah mm. Mm. it is the environment isn't it definitely yeah like and, and that's what we're grateful for i guess like we're very grateful for our families our friends our siblings um you know that environment has been so nurturing for us to be able to yeah, explore you guys the things are we do so lucky mm. i really believe that you are Hmm. It's so, sure. yeah to be able to express that. Explore Every night that. we end with gratitude. Of course you do. <laughs> yeah, and sexuality is not a conversation people have a lot. Like I mentioned something about polyamory, and I said, well, you know, it's when two people do this, and they have, the, and everyone goes, <clears throat> you know, there's like this really childlike laughter yeah. about sexuality or partnerships. Yeah, have you ever? Yeah, you stigma. It's so funny. <laughs> it's yeah. like, like oh, why kids. are we all like kids there? It is funny and it's also <laughs> I'm around. a nuisance. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm a kid. Yeah. <laughs> you love it. You want to kiss him. But Ooh. the stigma is a nuisance. Like I find like banging your head against the wall against like some, some people in your life that you can't progress forward with a level of relationship that you would like to mm. is unfortunate. Because mm. um, yeah. everyone changes their own time. You just got to find some good buddies that Change a bit faster. <laughs> you know, in that same course where I was at with Emma Power, she talked about, and I can see it in you two, she talked about um, when I had this moment, I was like, listen, not all guys are going to want to, you know, stand, do gay, eye gaze with me. And I was really in that belief. Like I was mm. stuck in it. It's not really going to be that easy to connect with a male, you know, just when I'm out. And because I referenced a moment where I did that with a guy when we're, you know, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful night. We're having... You know, it was just a one-night stand, but it was hot. It was sexy. But when I went to connect with him, he couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, he couldn't. I was like, and I laughed to myself in that moment went, yes, I can now, but he can't. <laughs> so it was cool for me. But as I mentioned it in the class and said, so what do we do when we're with people who don't really want to connect with us on that level? Um, she came up to me afterward and said, you know, the reason I just need to talk to you about that because we – in the class, it was very superficial. We didn't go deeper. Yeah. And she goes, I want you to just check yourself. Um, there's a, a, a tantra phrase called resonance. Have you heard of resonance? So think of two glasses, like wine glasses, and when you're pour, you know, uh, spinning the top and yeah. they start to vibrate at a certain frequency and make that chime. And so she like said- Like a singing bowl. Like a singing bowl. And she said that you're like, I'm resonating at a certain frequency, my beliefs, my thoughts- who I am, my nucleus maybe, mm-hmm. um, uh, is vibrating at a certain frequency. And so because I was thinking a certain way about connection in myself and to myself, I kept drawing in males or partners that didn't want what I, at the core, didn't think I deserved. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that hurts. Really? Come on. I've been working on myself for, <laughs> oh, no, okay, yeah, you're right, right, right. And so she just said, I want you to, okay, but how... I've been working on that. She goes, no, I can actually see that in you. Um, I go, I really believe that he's just going to come whenever it's right now instead of being sad about it and waiting for it, which probably was a perpetual thing that I kept creating. But do you think the fact that you did get sad, you saw people for your desire instead of who they actually were? Because you're like, you know, like I haven't experienced a man and you're a man that could potentially give me that need that I want to feel. So you're not actually seeing them, you're seeing... The need for, of what I w- wanted. Your projection. Yeah. Yeah, the pro- projection of what you want. Well, I, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, this is what I like about what she's saying. So she goes, I want you to start to think about raising your frequency. 
Mm-hmm. Because as you start to say even no to them, because they're going to be hard. You're going to be out on weekends. You're going to be thinking about maybe he'll be, like you're probably what you're pointing out actually, Ryan. Oh, he could be the one they need. I'm like, I don't need that. But I was in a desperation for it. Mm-hmm. Who knows? There's three maybe level, levels to that. But she said, I want you to start saying no to the ones. And I noticed that the men that were coming into my life or the relationships, I was mothering them. Mm-hmm. and being a powerful facilitator <laughs> and they loved it and then would take it. But then there was no real sexual chemistry. I was just getting the need of love and no it was enough. To fuck them, no. <laughs> Yuck. And that's what I reckon I woke up to. I swear. I was like, oh my God, that's what I've been doing. There's my frequency. Um, mm. And then, so I just literally started thinking about raising my frequency and she goes, say no to them. Say no, 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 no. And as I did, I just felt so much better to not bring that sort of person into mm. my life. Mm-hmm. And she said, you have to stop talking about not being in a relationship with people, bitching about good, bitching about good couples that yeah. you know, because that's what people who aren't in relationships tend to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to be around them and enjoy what is beautiful about the relationship instead of being jealous mm-hmm. and envious. And, you know, other things that you can do is just – Spend more time with yourself, you know, and whatever that means, pleasuring yourself sexually, giving to yourself in certain ways, taking yourself out on dates, you mm-hmm. know, just continue to raise your frequency mm-hmm. and going, no, you don't fit. Mm-hmm. Make a list of what's important to you with their values. So when you find them, you can talk about it if you wanted yeah. to, mm-hmm. you know, that's a way of raising your frequency. I just mm-hmm. love when I look at you two, I can, if you're in the audience and you believe, if you're in the room. You can see that you two vibrate at a certain mm. frequency. Mm. Totally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Isn't that an interesting way of putting it? Yeah. yeah I think it's the, fre- yeah. the frequency you're on is on. And on top of that, I feel like my, I mean, my challenge is the people like family that you do want to continually love, even though you might not feel you're harmonizing. Um, I'm, I feel my current challenge is to just to still shine like i had this idea the other day that the sun or i I think i read it somewhere that the sun doesn't choose who it shines on and the sun's the kind of like the god of our existence really because it's the life giver and so that the life-given force in me doesn't choose who it shines on really in its truest form but um but i find that hard to do when i feel like in my brain a barrier a thing is that i want to feel loved back the way Mm. by them Mm. um so that's the hardest thing, but but that's really, this from you though, like the the wanting to love despite, like, can you get beyond that barrier and just love anyway despite not getting that back? I can, and I know I know what that world looks like, and I I do sometimes, but sometimes when I'm in my weaker states, I fucking can't. <laughs> it's just like you're talking about before when you're like you want to give and get back, but you're so focused sometimes, like with our negative bias on on what we're not getting, yeah, and. But when you finally kind of break that barrier and allow yourself to plunge in and give mm. and emanate, then mm. you attract mm-hmm. on that kind of frequency. Yeah. And it's, mm. a, it's a very hard thing to do. Um, like that was a big struggle for me last year. Um, I just it was, if you like it with the wine glass kind of frequency thing, I was going halfway around the glass and then kind of stopping and <laughs> had all these blockages that emotionally I'd kind of trapped down there after having a big trip out in Europe, um, just like seven and a half months traveling for the first time um, and exploring lots, but coming ba- back and trying to manifest that or mm. back into my life. Yeah, really no, and I like compressed it back down. And it wasn't only until like November 
that I um I did like this deep breathing meditation exercise that helped me kind of access some of the blockages that I had inside of me. Fascinating. And it was just I won't go into it very long, but it was just a very emotional experience for me mm. that kind of went through all of those things that I was blocking. What's an and example of what? So it's one of the blockages, maybe. Um, I think I experienced a deep love for the first time, and it was for like four days. And then, of course, you go to different countries, and I was going straight home. Um, and so it was very hard to come back and have already lost that quite quickly mm. and not sure how to still give and get in this like community that I've known for so long, but just kind of felt that barrier of bringing it back home. Yeah, gotcha. Um, and so I slowly like kind of compressed it. Um, and when I finally uh, relieved myself of that barrier, it just came flooding out. And I, for two weeks, I was just so um, radiant. vibrant. Yeah, yeah awesome. radiant. Yeah. Um, and then that's what I met Al. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> Look at his. That's awesome. That feels like the perfect end to it the podcast. Know. So what you, what that's do you guys, well, how can people find you? Like, what do you guys got coming up? Uh, street address would be we're actually <laughs> <laughs> and which bedroom on the left or the right <laughs> can be found at Lux Cafe exactly. in Brunswick um, no, no we've um, we're actually starting to now that Xander's a yoga teacher um, we're starting to facilitate our own uh, workshops now as well at festivals but um, just around town so we started up a thing called Momentous Momentous. Which is a, a cool. momentous actually means what is it? A significant moment, uh, a significant moment of importance, especially in light of future events. Yeah. Um, is it in the light of future of ants? This is a what is it in Zoolander? <laughs> floating in space. <laughs> this is a house for ants. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, but, like a moment for us as yeah. a community to share. So it'll be just community yoga, meditation, group facilitation, oh. potluck lunch, maybe community canvas, etc. Boogie. Um, maybe a you, boogie where, and a dance. Where are you going to do them? It's going to be every month at Second Story Studios. Wonderful. Um, first one's the 30th of October. Right. So just momentoustribe.com. Awesome. And that'll be probably the best place. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And I feel like everything that you've sp- spoken tonight, a true test of a teacher is someone who's put themselves through it, the hard yards for a better word, and just even the joy of it. And I feel like, yeah, it, why wouldn't you want to go and learn from the two of you at the yoga, the facilitation, these dance workshops? Yeah, you've earned it. And I really respect what I've heard from you tonight. And it's, yeah, it's opened me up. I've loved you. it. Part of it for us is just inviting people into that space between us. Mm. And if you, yeah. you know, and them to learn from themselves because <laughs> yeah. they're the best teachers as well. Yeah. yeah. Are you using our podcast to pick up? <laughs> Will there be 30 to 35 no. year old men That vibrate at my frequency Because <laughs> if you want to go to that You should check out www.collectivepotential.com.au <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us